verses just seven. If you would tolerate me for just a moment, I'll read them all. I cried, starting out verse one. If you do not have a Bible or your Bible does not read like mine, you can look on the screen and see one that does. I cried unto the Lord with my voice. With my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. I poured out my complaint. Have you ever been there? I poured out my complaint before Him. I showed before Him my trouble. That word showed there means I displayed it. I laid it out. There was no missing it. God knew exactly what was troubling him. When my spirit was overwhelmed, have you ever been there? When my spirit was overwhelmed, that just simply means completely hidden by trouble. Covered up with it. Overwhelmed. Have you ever been there? Sure we have. Within me, then thou knewest my path. In the way wherein I have walked, or I walked, have they privately laid a snare for me. I looked on my right hand. Have you ever been here? And beheld. Or I examined what was to my right, thinking, surely on my strong side I'd have somebody. He said, but I looked on my right hand and beheld, but there was no man that would know me. Refuge, what looked like that'd be enough. Refuge failed me. And no man cared for my soul. That bothers me to read it. No man cared. I looked on the side where you'd think somebody... Can you see him while he's writing? And there was nobody. I cried unto thee, O Lord. I said, Thou art my refuge. When you ain't got nobody else, look out. Have you ever been here? <laughs> Woo! I'm feeling Pentecostal ain't got started. I cried unto thee, O Lord. I said, Thou art my refuge. I guess ain't nothing else left. And my portion in the land of the living, attend unto my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. I like verse 7. Bring me out or my soul out of prison, that I may praise thy name. The righteous shall compass me about. For thou shalt deal bountifully with me. You can have a seat. Our Father, in Jesus' name, we join our hearts in prayer this morning, praying for the preacher. But more than that, praying for the preaching. That our hearts could be made glad and our souls fat in the Word of God this morning. I pray, Lord, that you would give us courage and strength and power to be able to continue to see you do for us what only you can do to us. I pray that you'll work. I pray that you'll strengthen. 
And I pray that you'll convict us. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, I have a deacon over here with cancer in his body. This morning, I have a sweetheart woman, just a blessing sitting over here with her brain cancerous. All this in just the last little while. I look right here and there sits a grandmother whose grandchild will not eat lunch today like last Sunday because she's gone. I have another family whose son they thought had the flu only to come out and announce, by the way, he had a heart attack and died. In just about every section of this auditorium this morning, a pastor is needed. A preacher has been called out to say something to encourage. I go to the only place of encouragement I know not to the archives of history, but to the pages of the Bible. <laughs> and I go to a psalm where there is one in this book who knows how you feel. Nobody can tell you I know how you feel if all their children are eating today with you. Nobody can tell you I know how you feel unless they have been eaten up with cancer. They can only hope to identify. But old David knew something about lonely exile. For if you look in your Bible at the inscription of the top of Psalm 142, you'll see that it says, A psalm from the cave. The background for this psalm is David was running from Saul. One other time, David was in a particular, somewhat similar set of circumstances when he was running from his own boy, Absalom. And he's in a cave. It's a dark place. It's a damp place. It's a place of solitude and a place of uncomfortable situations and circumstances. It's a place that's not made for habitation. And yet, here David finds himself in a cave, and here's what we'll entitle this, crying out of the cave. I want to give you a pleasant, positive thought. Every person that is here this morning in a cave-like existence can make it through. Whoop. Oh, glory to God, we are not hopeless. We have not been left without hope. 
I want to say it again because it sounded so positive as I believed it. I began to feel encouraged. Listen, Carrie Mae. Listen, Sammy. Uh, Listen, listen, listen. I'm glad to know that though the circumstances don't look good and the situations are not pleasant to the eye, I said, everybody who is a cave dweller this morning can make it through the cave existence. Somebody give the Lord praise right there. If you believe that. Somebody's out of work. Somebody's in the middle of a separation. Somebody just got a bad report from some far place. I came to tell you this morning, everybody in here who is a cave dweller can make it. And you can by adhering to and receiving three truths that are apparent in this cave dweller named David. The first truth I want you to see, that crying out of the cave, there is a release that is provided in that cave. A release is provided, and it's in the, it's in the Scripture. A, he said a prayer when he was in the cave. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and my voice, with my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. Here it is. I poured out my complaint before him. I showed before him my trouble when my spirit was overwhelmed, when my spirit was overtaken, when my spirit was overshadowed, when my spirit was overcome, when my spirit was overwhelmed within me. Then thou knewest my path. In the way wherein I walked have they privately laid a snare for me. I want you to notice that in the cave of his existence, there was a release in that he was able to pour out his complaint to God. Is there anybody here glad to know you have a Savior who's not interested in just hearing about your ability spiritually, but he's interested in hearing about your problems specifically? The Holy Ghost gave me a quip. He gave me a thought. He gave me a for you listen to it closely if you do not pour out your complaint you will pour it on somebody I'm going to say it again because God wants you to not just hear it he wants you to get it if you do not pour out your complaint before God you will pour out your complaint own somebody. If you don't pour it out, you'll pour it on. Wives in this congregation get poured on when God did not determine nor did He develop a woman to be poured on. He developed her to be an encouragement and to have the peace and the power of God in that home instead of the unpleasant situation of being poured on when God Almighty was standing ready for you to pour it out on Him. Are you listening to what i got to say? Are you hearing what the Lord says? He says there's a release. I'm glad 
that my God understands me. I'm glad that my God loves me so much that no matter what I do, no matter what I say, no matter what happens, it does not diminish the love that God has for me. Now, God is concerned that I live right. He wants me to do right. God is is in business to see me to perform the Word of God rightly and divide it correctly and live it to His glory. But I want to tell you something. He knows when I have a complaint. And He is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. A teenager may not have a mom and daddy that understands there might not be a guidance counselor available in the, in the guidance counselor's room to understand. There may not be a grandmother with a sympathetic heart. There may not be a granddaddy with a sympathetic ear. There may not be anybody that you can go to and express your complaint to. But aren't you glad you can take it to Jesus? Aren't you glad you can pour your heart out to God? And aren't you glad He won't gossip about you? He poured out his complaint before God. How many times have you had a set of circumstances in your life that was eating you alive? Not enough money. Not enough grace. Not enough of anything. It seems like we're the short end of all the sticks in life. Every time I turn around, there's something else. I take two steps frontwards and I'm slapped four steps back. I can't seem to get ahead. Aren't you glad that in your complaint, and I like what he said, I poured out my complaint to the Lord. If you're here this morning and you're not saved, I am giving you good reason to get so. If you're lost, you have you ever thought about it? You have nowhere to pour your complaint out. You say, I have a mother. She'll only take it so long. And she will not be able to take any more. But I have friends. You'll run them off. You already have some of them. With your complaint, there's nothing wrong with having a complaint. It's just all according to where you pour it. Go ahead. Have a complaint. And then go before one who knows you well enough to understand you while you pour it out. Build relationship with God. Build relationship with Christ. Build relationship with the Holy Ghost. By the way, if you're going to pour out anything that's a complaint or pour out anything that you don't like or pour out anything that's poison, where better to pour it than with a friend to watch? Pour out before God. I have, uh, I have been the only pastor, the only preacher, poor one most of the time, but I've been the only one that you've ever had. There's never been but one name on the sign when there was a name or a sign at all. You've never had anybody else. You cannot say our last pastor. You can't say, I remember when our other preacher was here. I am your other, your last, and your now... (laughs) And I don't know how long I'll be the next, but I am today your preacher. How many times? How many times? 
feel the same way. I do. I do. I've been home for two and a half months. I ain't ain't done that in 25 years. And I'm enjoying the fire out of it. God, God shut my water off and said, I am going to let you see who these people are and how much they care and how much you can care for them. For 32 plus years, how many times have I had things I couldn't say to nobody? Things about particular individuals. There's not a, there's not a, a, a pew in this room that has ten people on it, but somewhere in the ten I don't know something that can't be repeated. Where do I go with it? Do I go bonkers? Do I go apart? No. I'm going to tell you the secret staying somewhere a while. You better learn where to pour out your situations and your circumstances. Because only the Lord Jesus, i got to say it again because I like saying His name, only the Lord Jesus has provided an adequate place to pour out our complaints before God. I'm glad to know He's the God knows what to do with them. Somebody give Him glory while you can. Now let me ask you a question. Let's apply this. If you're in the cave and you cry out, cry out to God for release. Carrie Mae, nobody can take out of your heart the hurt and the heartache and the trauma and the difficulty of the funeral you're about to have sometime midweek. But Jesus. Can I get a testimony this morning, honey? He's better than turnip green. He's better than corn, not cornbread, cornbread. Ain't he good in times like these? Somebody says, why aren't you coming apart at the seams? I don't know. How come your life isn't absolutely erupted with grief? I don't know. How come your life is not splitting down the middle when they told you? They told, they told Sammy, they told Sammy, you have cancer. He said, something's going to get me. He called me and was laughing about it. I didn't even know what he was going to tell me. And when he told me, he made a joke out of it. Only a child of God who lives in the presence of the Lord can live his life with that kind of confidence. I'm not worried about what the devil might try to do to this old boy. I got me a Savior who's able and willing. You don't need... Somebody says, where was the preacher when I needed him? How many times have I heard that? Where was the deacon when somebody needed one? Where was Brother Steve? He was eating. Everybody knows that. <laughs> they don't call his house when they're looking for him. They call S&S, Piccadilly, and, and pick your nose. He'll be there too. 
Where was Brother Steve when I needed him? He's good at, he's good at helping. But where was he when I needed him? That is not a spirit, there's not a spiritual, not a, not a, I'm trying to think of the word, there's not a spiritual vibration on that sentence. Because I'm not who you need. He is not who you need. That deacon cannot meet the need of your heart. He can hold your hand while you hurt, but he cannot hold your hurt. He can hold your head up while you hurt, but he cannot heal your hurt. I'm talking about one this morning who can go in the inside and work a miracle to the outside if you'll just find him precious to your life. He's a friend that sticks close in loneliness. He's a friend when you cannot walk. He's a friend when you have Alzheimer's and don't know your preacher's name. He's your friend when you're young trying to make it in life. He's your friend when you don't know what you're going to do next. He's your friend when you don't know how you're going to make it till tomorrow. Thank God this morning I come to tell you, you can get out of that cave, but you're going to have to do it. Through the release <laughs> that is provided. Number two, now let me ask you something. Are you putting people where Jesus belongs? <laughs> Preacher, we pay you to hold our hand, and you do. And we pay you to hold our head, and you do. And we pay you to be there for us, and you do. There's only one thing you don't pay me here to do. And that's what I'm doing right now. You don't pay me to preach. I got called to do that. I just do that at night for nothing in my sleep. So that's one thing that's off limits. But I'm paid to do everything else. And I will strive to do it to the best of our ability. But you know something? All I am is a go-between polar. You're going to tell me what's wrong, and I'm going to run over here and say, guess what's wrong? Now, if you need somebody to do that, I can do that. But to try to explain why you hurt, to try to explain why it's God's fault, I don't have no sermon that talks about God's fault. If I ever get so spiritually senile that I ever blame God for anything, hire somebody to shoot me. The only fault he ever had putting up with me for five minutes in any given day. I'm glad there's a release that's provided in the cave. You can make it out because you have a place to pour your heart out. Number two, there's a revelation that's powerful. And here's the revelation, Steve. You learn. You notice he didn't say to his left hand. He said, I look to my strength. I look to my right hand. Notice what it says. And behold, I beheld, but there was no man that would know me. What's he doing? He's letting you look and see people are not your refuge. He goes on to say, there's no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. The place I normally hid was closed. Then he goes on to say, no man cared for my soul. 
The second thing that you can always remember, the truth that you can adhere to and hold to when you're in the cave, is when people can't help you, when people don't know you, when people aren't around for you, when people are not close enough to reach you, when situations are not personal and people do not express any kind of emotional encouragement towards you. There is a God, praise God, a God who will help you and encourage you in your cave-dwelling experience. There is a God who will touch you and a God who will help you. You know why God lets people forsake you? Because He don't want you trusting them. You know why? He don't... He don't there's some preachers I call, they won't call me back. You know why? There's some places I seek refuge and I can't find refuge. You know why? There's a place sometimes I need to get in out of the spiritual weather. I need to get in out of the spiritual downpours. I need to get in out of the tornadoes of the Christian life. I need a place to reside, a refuge to get dry in. and can't find one because God don't want me running to him. <laughs> he wants me to look up. And look at him and say, Lord, here am I. I got a problem. And I have a complaint. Would you help me? Let me ask you a question. Is there nobody for you because he's the only one with you? Is there nobody that you can find to get in your corner when you need? And, and there's nothing wrong with needing each other. Nothing wrong with helping one another. But the best flesh will fail you. But the worst that Jesus can do can't. He'll never fail you. He'll always be there for you. Here's the third one, and I quit. Cut through the chase and look at three truths. Look at the third one. There's a restoration that's promised. You ain't always going to stay in this situation. I had, I had to get to that one. I've, I've been thinking about that one ever since I gave you the first one, and that last one been sort of saying, hey, hey, what about me? I want to give you that last. That first one, there's a release that's provided. You can pour out before the Lord all the heartache, the burden, and the grind, and the hurt. Number two, there's a revelation. Don't look to pour it on men. They'll move, show us the work and will not respond. Did your daddy, did your mother, I had a lady this week who told me, she said, my mother allowed it to go on, my daddy didn't do anything about it, and I had a family member molest me, preacher. How about your God? She wanted to know, where was your God when that was going on? I said the same place he was before and after. They didn't do nothing when I told them. I said, that's how people are. I said, the problem is, you told somebody that should have treated it differently, but you told somebody who was going to let you down to start with. Doesn't it just go to prove you can tell Jesus and he'll do something about it? Let's tell him now. And we did. She never knew that there was somebody close enough to touch her. She was looking for somebody that she could touch. It's the person you cannot touch this morning that's going to touch you. 
And number three, there is a restoration that is promised. Now the last verse, notice what he said. Byron, stand up and read that first verse, that seven, verse 7. Read it to the comma, son. Yeah, read it to the comma. Say it again. What is he saying? He's saying, bring my soul out of this locked up mess. Bring my soul out of this barred situation. Bring my soul. I am confined, but Lord, bring my soul out of this prison. What is he saying? There is a possibility a great restoration is about to happen. Notice what he says. Uh, Stand up, CT. Turn around and look at that. Uh, Start at the first comma and go to the the, the semicolon. Say it again. That I may, that's, that's something that's coming, that's something to look forward to, that I may praise thy name. Get me out of this mess, Lord, that I might shout about getting out. Bring me out of this mess, Jesus, that I might get happy over the fact that I've been delivered. Bring me out of this quagmire, Lord, that I might shout the victory. Bring me out of my prison, bring me out of my bars, bring me out of my locked doors, that I might shout to his glory. Freedom is mine. Freedom is mine. Good God, I said, freedom is mine. Is anybody in here want to go to church with me right there? He said, bring me out of my prison. Why? That I may, that's future tense, may praise thee or praise thy name. The righteous shall compass me about. Notice this. For thou shalt deal bountifully or fully with me. This sounds to me like a man who thinks this cave ain't always going to be dark. This cave ain't always going to be damp. This cave isn't always going to be seclusion. This cave isn't always going to house me. This cave isn't always going to have me. You're here this morning and you're going through a dark situation. You're here this morning and you're going through some situations that are not pleasant. You're here this morning and you're going through some circumstances that are not comfortable at all to go through. I want to tell you it ain't always going to be like it is today. I'm glad the same God that brought you out of your last set of miserable circumstances is the same God that can bring you out of this set of circumstances. And I am glad He shall deal bountifully with you Somebody give him some glory this morning. Stand up with me, please. Please, please. Oh, God.